Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church with your hosts, Jay Ewing, and my good friend, Zach Thompson, is in the booth today. Yeah. I should say the living room. Yeah. Dining it, room. It was a strange looking booth, but <laughs> it's a lovely looking living room. Hey, man. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Happy Tuesday, Calvary. You'll hear this probably on Wednesday. It goes live on Wednesday, but happy Tuesday anyways. And happy Wednesday as well. <laughs> and Thursday, if you're a little bit late. Friday, even later than that. Yeah, totally. Saturday, we're not wishing you a happy one of those, but no. if you were getting to this on Sunday, happy Sunday as well. You know, my heart was happy this week, Zach. On Sunday, I opened up uh, my Church Center app mm-hmm. and uh, found the button for the podcast. It's on Church Center now. That's fantastic. How cool is that? That is that is really cool. It just seems like we're putting everything on Church Center. <laughs> and this is a hashtag ad, by the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like you can find your groups on there. Whoa, uh, yeah. you can find groups? So Emily and I are helping facilitate a life group right now, and, and we get to communicate there, figure out what's going on. We have uh, great questions that we can get access to there. Right. Right. My mo- there. my group chat button for my group, my life group, is a prayer request room, and it's mm-hmm. really fun to see prayer requests come through there. Yeah, so we use that Super as well. Cool. And then there's the other side of things where we have a, a group of our staff where I immediately muted conversations that were there. It's yeah. like, oh, man, these guys, yeah, these totally, guys. Totally. love this staff, yeah. but I don't need to hear this, this random thread. Hey, but also, you know, sorry, Lisa, but uh, the Ewings have not set up their online giving to Church Ooh, Center yet. You're going to get an angry phone call. I soon. know. The deadline was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we might get it. I actually want a phone call from Lisa Gaskins. I, right. I look forward to those phone calls. I think you can ask for that in a way that doesn't also <laughs> produce work for her. That's very true. Yeah. So you would encourage everyone to, at Calvary to not follow your negative example. Exactly. But to follow the example of switching over to uh, giving through the church center app. No doubt. Just like the book of Hebrews chapter four is a warning passage. Mm. This is a warning for you not to stray like I have and it's not great. set up your online giving yet at yeah. church center. Even though we have the app. Pastor Jay Ewing. Hey, man. Walking warning example. Yes, of what not to do. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I failed on a Tuesday. Hopefully Wednesday is better. There we we never go. know. There we we never know. Hey, uh, also, there's a lot of great things happening at Calvary. You can go to calvarybible.com. Like always, click on your campus. Find out what's happening at your campus. There's some really fun things happening um, in the near future. You know, um, actually tonight, so if this goes live, we have a prayer night. Um, for our missions, our global teams on the Erie campus. But Zach, we have something... On Tuesday the 28th, to clarify. Yeah, Tuesday, September 28th. Thank you. Yep. Um, But we have a really great opportunity coming up with the Afghan refugees and how we're going to maybe step into some of those things in October. Yeah, it's something we're really excited about as a church. Uh, I don't know if if people have been following along. I, I think the number that I heard from the post is there's about 4,000 uh, refugees from Afghanistan that will probably be resettled within the state of Colorado. And one of the areas that uh, could be a big community for that, because they're trying to create communities so people aren't uh, isolated. They're not yeah. dumped into a new culture on their own, but but they're looking at Thornton as a place that um, at least a few of these uh, refugees would get settled to. And so we see that as an option. And, and uh, as a church across the three campuses are wondering, is this something that could 
be a partnership for us, whether this is Heart of Advent or uh, into your special giving project that we do, or uh, just a way for us to get to love and care for people. Uh, f- not uh, like if they know Jesus, that is fantastic. But for the mere purpose that they are created in the image of God, they are valuable of being loved and cared for. So we have an information meeting coming up uh, since the city of Thornton is a place where, where uh, some of these refugees might be settled. We are going to get to meet at the Thornton campus, which is so cool. Normally I have to drive out to, to you guys or, or out to Boulder uh, for, for some of these all yeah. Calvary gatherings. But now we get to play host. That's great. And I'm man. really excited for that. Uh, so October 10th from 630 to 8 p.m. If you are interested in seeing how we as a church, you as a part of that church, can help support uh, these individuals who are being resettled into the state of Colorado, would encourage you to come to it. You are not being uh, required to come to it. Lisa Gaskin's not going to call you with angry phone calls totally. if you aren't there. Like she's about to call me. Yes, exactly yeah. right. Um, but it, it's just a way for you to hear of what is the situation, how we might care for them as a church. Uh, across the three campuses. Uh, really excited for it. So October 10th, 6.30, p.m. Really encourage you to be at the Thornton campus for that. Do we need to register on calvarybible.com or is it just a stop in event? Uh, every part of the thing that I've clicked on on calvarybible.com is directions to uh, the Thornton campus. So clearly people aren't aren't uh, meeting at the Thornton campus from these other ones. Just yeah. you cannot avoid finding the directions for this thing. <laughs> uh, so I don't believe so. Uh, if if we filled out that building, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, that'd be and really we'll scramble amazing. and we'll come up with some solution to make it work. You know, when we talked about refugees and we were watching this crisis unfold just a few weeks ago, mm. um, there's a couple of things that I think about, but one of them is the famous Bible passage in Deuteronomy 10, um, where the Lord tells Israel to love the sojourner, mm. so love the refugee. Yeah. Therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Yeah. And this is a great reminder to all of us that no matter how long we've been in the United States, if we are Christians, we are aliens and strangers and exiles. Mm. And we've got to remember that. So are our fellow human fellow human beings. And they, they're going to move into our neighborhood, which we are thankful for. And we've got to love them because we were once them. Yeah. That's so. good. And we see Israel end up not living to yeah. this command, fall totally. away from it. And we are told time and time again to not be like Israel. Yeah. Like we're told in Hebrews chapter four. Look at that segue, my friend. <sighs> it's so much cooler if you don't draw attention to it. <laughs> I love drawing attention. It's like to walking them. away from an explosion. Like <laughs> if you make a big deal about it, like it, it diminishes it. Yeah, totally. I'm, thankfully, I'm not the pastor every weekend. I'll be like, check this segue out, people. You know, but transitions, transitions, always campus pastors are looking for them. Yeah, that's right. So Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. So we've been uh, we've <laughs> been going through the series of the book of Hebrews, seeing that Jesus is greater than anything else we might try to fill our lives with. He's a greater message. God is revealing himself to his people. God wants to be known and to know his people and does that uh, through the greater message of Jesus. Jesus has paid every bit of our salvation. He died on the cross. We saw that in chapter 2. But then we have this warning of uh, Israel. 
Israel who saw all of God's works. They knew all of God's promises. They were seeing uh, who he is. They're memorizing his words. And they, in the wilderness, uh, we talked about them being uh, sojourners in Egypt, them saying it was better for us as strangers and aliens in Egypt than to go to this promised land that God is preparing for us. That's a big statement, by the way. Yes. That's like a really big statement. Yeah. So the encouragement uh, is to not be like them. But then we get to another pretty big warning passage. We keep getting these these warning passages. And this one uh, kind of makes us ask this question of, well, am I like them? Is, is that uh, something that could happen in my life? Am I part of God's people or just around God's people? Am I uh, memorizing God's words or do I truly know them and believe them and follow them? Uh, do I know about God or am I following after God and trusting in him completely. Okay. Can I pause you just from that statement? Yeah. I, this is a, maybe a little tangent, but great with those questions. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you ask those questions while you're reading the old Testament, you'll be reading it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're asking those questions in, in context of Hebrew, you're trying to set up Hebrews four right here. Yes. Like, totally. Yep. But it also is instructing us like, you know, you have, if, for everyone who has a hard time reading the Old Testament and trying to get a lesson, a meaning, um, you know, whatever that is when we bring to the Bible sometimes, those questions are really good for even the application of our own lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, again... To, I know this is a tangent. It's not totally, about Hebrew, no, you're, Hebrews you're great. 4. But, but I think we do learn part of that through Hebrews. It talks about uh, uh, how... Israel saw all these things and they fell away. We might in this perspective now say how, how like they had food come down from, from heaven yeah, and they turned away from this God. They like, they saw water come out of a rock. Like they saw the most powerful army in the world swallowed by the red sea. Like how could, uh, no, there's no way. And like, we get this, like I could never ever do such a thing. And then we get to Hebrews and like, well, you have a greater message. Like everything that they had, they'd be envious about what you have and us thinking like, oh, we can never be like them. I mean, we, we see people like that all the time. Like I, I'd certainly get flooded with doubts. Yeah. Uh, and again, there's, there's no judgment for, for the doubts parts, but what we see Israel do is they move from those doubts to a hardness of heart and now, uh, refusing to enter into God's rest. Okay. So sorry, I interrupted you setting up Hebrews four. So Hebrews four is about God's rest. Yeah. And there's some pretty famous passages in Hebrews 4 of warning us. So how would you break down Hebrews 4? How did you break down this last Sunday Hebrews 4 for your Thornton campus? Yeah, so we were looking primarily at the charge that comes to us in Hebrews 4 verse 11. It says, let us therefore strive. Mm. Do you hear the effort of that word? Let us therefore strive. Let's make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. There, there's a lot of warning in this passage. Uh, verse 1, let us fear. Uh, as we read in verse 11, let us strive so that no one may fall. Uh, in 13, no creature is hidden from his, from God's sight. Uh, we must give an account to him. Like there, There's a lot of these warning passages right. in here that, uh, again, like, we, we talked about it in the Thornton campus, like these aren't fun conversations, but with how often we see these warning passages, it should show us it's a pretty big deal. Right, right. And so uh, with, a, with that being the charge, let us make every effort to enter that rest. 
uh, we want to look at, well, what is this rest that's being talked about? Because it sounds so counterintuitive to how we might think of rest. Like, how do you make effort while resting? Like, it seems like those those are mutually exclusive. Mm. Yeah. So, go on. I mean, you you just pause. You like I wanted me you something. to say something. No, because yeah. I'm just really enjoying. Like, you know, it's really fun for me. Like, just just on a selfish level, that I get to sit down with the guys that preach every mm. week and hear sort of their wrestlings post the preach because you know as preachers sometimes you like regret saying things or you're like man i should have said this clearer or more clearly i should say that that's probably Mm. better english but um i just love it so i'm like i'm just enjoying our conversation because this is like post you preaching twice in thornton to a live congregation and now with a couple days of like well let's just be honest you know pretty worn out Sunday afternoon and then moving into a Monday where you're debriefing your message and then you're prepping for the next one with the team now Tuesday. So it's when you talk on Tuesday post Sunday, Mm -hmm. we're really getting like the distilled nuggets from Mm -hmm. the sermon. So anyways, that's, that's a tangent for this, my listeners and the listeners of the weekly to pay attention to and why we're doing the weekly. Cause it's like so valuable for us to catch your conversations that I've always had behind the scenes that have never been recorded on, on staff. Does yeah. that make sense? The, uh, as a listener of yeah. the weekly, first and foremost, right. uh, it, it very much so does. It's one of the joys that I get out of it as well. Right. Because If nothing else, uh, it, and I'm sure this is for just about everyone, it's really easy to get on to the n- next thing. Right, right. Whatever, like Tuesdays are full of meetings. So it's really easy to get into that and like, what was Hebrews for about? Uh, or like looking at the next sermon that's coming up and, and missing out on some of this. So it's a really good reminder to go back to what God was teaching us this past Sunday that he's continuing to teach us through this week. So here's, what's the connection then between these warnings? Mm-hmm. The idea that Jesus is greater. Mm-hmm. How do those interplay with each other in this passage that you see that it's just valuable for us to like remember once again? Yeah. So there's something going on with the recipients of Hebrews. We don't know what it is. We don't know what the temptation was in their life, but there seems to be this pull to put something, something, whatever it is in a greater spot than Jesus. And again, like we can look at them and say, Oh, how, how could they, we could never. And, we do it all the time. Like uh, I just said, like we get distracted onto the next thing. I'm putting the events of my calendar in a position to where they could be above Jesus. Right. Uh, and we do that. We put so it basically anything that we could lay our hands on or put our mind on. Uh, we have a pull to try to elevate above Jesus. No doubt. Yeah. So, so how do we transition from these great warnings for, looking at Jesus, finding him to be our rest. Mm. I think Perry crafted a, a, a saying in our discussion questions that I know Thomas and I think you picked up in some form. About what this rest is? Yeah, what is yeah. this rest? Oh, it's a beautiful phrase. Uh, yeah, grateful for, for Perry on the Boulder campus. He, he framed it as this. Uh, the rest, God's rest in this passage is an unobstructed enjoyment of God's presence. And I think we see that in the text, uh, the two two things that are talked about about God's rest, 
goes back to Israel, entering the promised land. So they refused to that, do that, not entering his rest. Right. That promised land is there. But I joked about it uh, on the Thornton campus. I, I'm going to stop saying that because, of course, it's assumed it was on the Thornton campus. Joked about it. I was like, that doesn't sound super restful. Like, they had to cultivate the land and build cities and, you know, conquer the inhabitants. And right. uh, that, we're not really tempted to rest in those ways. But what the rest was is that phrase that we see all throughout the Bible where God would be their God and they would be his people. This intimate, personal phrase, this closeness with God that we haven't seen since the Garden of Eden. And so they would get to be in the presence of God, no striving after him because he would be there with them. Like unobstructed reign and rule of God yeah. with his people. That's right. It's Genesis it all goes back to Genesis 1 and 2 again. Yeah, and it, that, that's what the author does. He adds to that idea. So it is uh, getting to experience God's presence and enjoy God's presence, but it connects to it the rest that God has mm-hmm. since creation, where he rested from his works. There was nothing left to produce, and God says, uh, or we are offered that as well. It says in uh, verse 10, For whoever has entered God rest has rested from his works as God did from his. Mm-hmm. So we're offered the same sort of rest where there is no need in us to produce anything. It's the end of the constant work that we have or that we feel we have to do. It's, it's the end of the enduring of trials. And that is the rest that is given to us. It's an unobstructed enjoyment of God's presence. Okay, so the big question for me would be how? And how do we do this? Yeah. We're Americans. For most of our listeners, you know, we do have some international listeners, but for most of our listeners, we are in this culture that is like, Quick, fast, immediate. Like, you know, in the last two years, even for example, Amazon, we don't even have to wait two days anymore mm-hmm. here in Colorado. It can be the same day shipping. Yeah, there's a pretty pretty good uh, distribution center. In, Huge. Uh, what's that city that it's in? Yeah, Thornton. Oh, okay, yeah. But, you know, so like, how do we do this? Like, and let me let me back it up with this. It seems to me, when I read Genesis 2, which is where God rests, mm-hmm. and then I read... I would add, he also does in Genesis 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8. That's nine, why 10, you 11, are 12, such a theologically rich man. Um, and then in the Ten Commandments, it seems like Sabbath, which is the sort of the Hebrew idea of this unobstructed rule and reign of God, mm-hmm. is... There's moments that it slows down and it's explained in such detail that I feel like it's intentional that like the longest commandment in the Ten Commandments is how to Sabbath, Mm. which I think is a big indicator of why it's so important. But how do we do that as Americans? Like, how do we do that? And like, we work, you know, jobs, we have families, we have commitments, we have practices, we have church. You know, sometimes church is pretty busy, has a pretty hectic schedule. What yep. do we ask people to step into? So how do we rest? Yeah, I, I know you already backed it up, but I'm going to back it up even more. Um, it just, boop, just boop, it, boop. That's a truck backing yeah, up. I, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I didn't think there was like a, an alarm going off. It's like, the Amazon nope, truck backing it. up. There we go. Uh, so 
I, I think it, it relates though. So we hear of that in unobstructed enjoyment of God's presence. And we say, yeah, heaven's going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, the right. word, that's only going to happen there. But right. I, I don't think that that's what the passage is saying. Cause again, we saw rest as being, uh, God will be there, uh, our God and we will be his people. Well, I mean, we have that in part now through Jesus. This was chapter one. God wants to be known and to know his people. And he's the God who reveals himself and he does so now through Jesus. So yeah, we will have it in a greater sense in the future, but we can enjoy that presence now. Well, we also talked about resting from works and this is what you're talking about. Like, how do we do that as Americans? Well, we have this in part now through Jesus. We don't have to produce anything to save ourselves. All the work for that has been done on the cross, so we can rest from that work, and that's chapter 2 of Hebrews. So I, I think it, it's it been leading us up to this idea of rest, um, or at least it's been uh, helping us be familiar with these concepts. But, but yeah, certainly there is that pull. We've talked about it a couple times now, to try to find our rest in everything or to come up with excuses as to why we're not like, Hey, what, what is our, uh, what is our default answer? Like most of the time to like, Hey Jay, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. There's good. And it's normally followed with a man. I'm tired. Yeah. It's busy. Yeah. It's been busy. Yeah. We, we always say that. And it feels like if you aren't saying that you're tired or you're busy, like people, like there's this fear, like, Oh, maybe they think that I'm not trying or that I'm lazy or something like that. Uh, and like we, we so look forward to, and we find the most, or most, many of us find the greatest part of our fulfillment on the weekends. And we're just kind of surviving weekend to weekend where we can just shut down our brain and, and recover and, and just batten down the hatches until we go back on Monday. Or we, we just kind of survive vacation to vacation. Uh, We, we have that kind of dumb phrase, but like it makes a lot of sense. Like, we come back and we're like, oh, I need a vacation from my vacation. Like, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm tired still. I'm, I've I'm, said that before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easily. So we just fill our time with so many things that just fill our time. And yet the problem with this, if we think that this is rest, well, then how come we have to keep doing it? How, right. how come we have to keep producing this within us? How come we, we have these times where it's just like, I am exhausted. Like it's showing us that we aren't resting in the way that we're meant for and, and uh, long-term, like it, it should point us to a need for that rest in, in he- the new heavens and new earth. But it should also tell us that we aren't resting the way that we ought to now. So how do we practice the rest that is to come and the rest that is on offer right now? Yeah. Very practically speaking, how yep. do we do it? That's great. So, uh, and again, this is realizing that those times of us shutting down, having hobbies, those things like that, none of that is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is a reason why this world that we get to live in is made beautifully. Like we get to enjoy God's presence here. So us having hobbies, us having lazy Saturdays aren't necessarily bad things, mm-hmm. but it's just, what is our focus? Is it so that we can just shut down, find something to distract us, turn everything off until we have to turn it all back on again for, for work or school or uh, lengthy family engagements, whatever it may be. Right. Or is it uh, there is a God who wants to be known. There is a God who has accomplished everything for me, and I get to sit before him in his truth, in his presence, with nothing between me and him. 
enjoying that. So, so yeah, to, we're we're getting to the practical. Uh, I'm just yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to set. I know it up. you're setting it, setting it up. You're yeah. setting it up. And again, it's not it, this. It doesn't mean you have to you have to sit. You have to find like some like super uh, super crazy retreat and sit and purge yourself of all negative thoughts. This doesn't mean like oh man, I might have just rested, but I didn't acknowledge those 15 seconds to God. Like oh, I'm awful. I'm the worst. It's not that. It's what are we filling our time with in those moments of rest that are reminding us that we are in the God uh, the presence of God and, and the big part of that is man get in the bible uh we have just the, an incredible passage here that talks about israel fell away they weren't following after god how do we know if we are aligning ourselves with god well it's the word of god it's living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intention of the heart so we had that question am i like israel the way we know that we are aligning ourselves with God's will and purpose and plan for us is by getting into his revealed revealed word for us. And so, as we are spending time in the Bible, uh, that is helping us have this proper perspective of rest. So what you're saying very practically is that on a daily, sort of daily life, Sabbath rest can be is the invitation to read God's word. Absolutely. Okay. I uh, gave, gave an example. Um, uh, Emily and I had a real lazy Saturday uh, where we just kind of hung out. We watched a couple of our shows, walked the dog a little bit. Like we didn't do anything that produced a ton. And there's a part of it that that's okay. Right. Uh, but the part that was more restful for me was my Friday when I went up to my parents and I was helping them clear out some of their dead trees that they had. And the reason for that, it, this is a tough passage. There's a lot in here that's hard to wrestle with. And so I spent a lot of the week wrestling with it. I spent a lot of time in the word of God. And so as I'm up there filling my time with what is labor, I felt more rested because I kept recalling the truth of God. Mm-hmm. I kept going back to these the, this passage and I had filled my time with it so that when I was at a moment of rest, it was still filling my time. Yeah, totally. the, the patterns that we create of getting into the word of God, of praying, of seeking solitude, uh, those show up in our lives in those times that we, we need to rest and recharge. And so as we are getting into the word of God, as we're spending time with it, and I know like, this is, this is the number one recommendation of the weekly podcast, read it your is. Bible. Uh, but you know, read your Bible for those times that we are shutting down when we're sitting on the couch, when we're on a hike, when we're sitting by a beach, when we are trying to, to be away from it all. If we are filling our lives with the word of God, that will help remind us that we are in his presence, enjoying that with nothing between us and him. Yeah. I think of you can, God can only recall what you've deposited in our lives so deposit a lot of goodness and truth in our lives and he yeah. can re- this holy spirit does and this amazing relationship with us recalls it mm. in times of need times of rest times of space and plenties times of hardship and busyness but that's one of the ways in which god gives us rest is by him recalling what we've deposited in our our studies yeah that's, That's what right. happened on Friday, you know, and just guy was like, well, I have material to work with. That's right. You're wrestling with this. Yeah. So I'll give you some rest in it. So it's not beating ourselves up if we had 15 seconds go by where we didn't acknowledge God, but it's how are we acknowledging God throughout by getting into his word? Uh, and that's creating a pattern for, for us when we are recharging, when yep. we're resting. Can I give a really practical 
way in which we can. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, man, do it. I, I think, you know, one of the greatest tools we have in the 21st century is our calendar. Mm. One of the greatest disadvantages we have in the 21st century is our calendar, mm. right? Yeah, I'm so, looking at it right now. It's this thing that's yeah, it's fully black. Is that supposed <laughs> yeah. to? Is that how it comes? You don't you don't calendar your sleep, by the way. Okay. Yeah, Jack, that's not how you use your calendar. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I think one of the greatest tools we can have is our calendar. And so mm-hmm. sometimes my recommendation is go to the spot in your calendar. If it's two weeks away from now, if it's four weeks away, if it's six months, if you're that crazy person, and I know these people exist that it's two years away. And schedule a weekly time to meet with God. Mm. Schedule, no, schedule a daily. So pick a time slot that you can plan around later. You don't have to plan around tomorrow if your calendar is full, but plan around later. Yeah. Um, Pick up a daily, pick up a weekly time. So where's some space to get, you know, an hour away. So we're like 20 minutes a daily, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. It'd be more that I would prefer more, right? Yeah. Obviously. But I mean, start, but, yeah, start, start, start where you're at. Said. Start yeah. where you're at. Um, a weekly, a monthly, pick a day of the month where you and your family can actually unplug from all the things going on and pick a yearly where you're actually getting some extended time away. And yeah. those are sometimes vacations. Yeah. But sometimes that's not a vacation. Sometimes that's a intentional two weeks after Christmas season where you say, Hey, I know everyone's going to be busy in their house, but this is two weeks where we don't plan to meet with anyone post Christmas. We're going to spend every night around the dinner table for those two weeks. You know, those are some really practical ways to not only get some practical rest or time with family, but also that you're intentional with your calendar to say, these are times that I'm going to focus in on the presence of Christ. Yeah, it's good. And your calendar can help you in that. And when someone says, hey, can you do this? Says, my calendar won't allow it mm-hmm. because your calendar is actually your authority in your life. So, like, if you don't want to hang out with it, this one person, like, say, I don't want to hang out with Zach in two weeks Obviously. on a Friday afternoon. Yep. He says, why don't you, like, what, what do you got going? That's fine. I'm like, I have an appointment on Friday afternoon. And you won't follow up a question with that. You're like, okay, yep. you're busy. I get it. That's good. So use your calendar as authority. Yeah. And fill that time with getting in the Bible. Yeah. This is how God speaks to us. Fill that time with prayer. How do we remember the presence of God? Well, we are invited into the presence of God through prayer. Spend that time with solitude. Uh, and not just because your family can be a little too much at times, right. but intentionally because we talked to, it's an unobstructed enjoyment of God's presence. So uh, put yourself in a situation that you remember that there's nothing. It's not the buzzing of your phone. It's not uh, the the calling on you to do tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is getting away from that to remember there's nothing between you and God. And f- adding as well, how do we practice this rest it's going to church. It's yeah. continuing to be surrounded by the people of God who exhort, encourage us, as we talked about uh, last week, um, both on the weekly and on Sundays. It's being around people who can help prop us up when we're feeling low. Uh, when we don't feel like responding to God and praise, we can be lifted by those who are praising around us. Yep. When we feel beat down and broken uh, from the week, it's we get to come to the church service and be refreshed by the good word of God. I uh, really like this quote from um, a writer, Andrew Lincoln. Uh, he says that the the celebration of the Lord's Day, it's the Sunday, 
It's where we the, the rest we already have through Christ's resurrection that now anticipates and guarantees the rest that is yet to be. Right. That's what we're doing on a Sunday. Yeah, and so I would say it was very practical at a level then make sure you're not serving every Sunday of the month either at Calvary. Dude, I don't know if I want to tell people that. I know like, it's really be, hard, like, but like, just be served. No, you're absolutely right. Like, there's there's appropriate amount of time to serve yep. on a Sunday, and there's appropriate amount of time to not serve. Yep, and, and to it, get rest. And there are certainly times where serving can be recharging for us, right, where totally. we get to remember as we are pointing people to Jesus how we have been pointed to Jesus. So, yeah, I I, I agree. You should not be serving every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but also, we shouldn't see that as something that's strictly labor. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, hey, there's nothing wrong with physical rest. Like yeah, we we have. I I have a vacation coming up this the end of October. I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna hang out with a buddy, not a ton. Bring some books, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, we need it. And, and I think the physical rest that we get it it does something. It tells us something about it. It shows, hey, you're not finite. And if you right. don't take this rest, like you're going to collapse. Uh, and so it's saying to us, you're not God. Like, you can't be the God of your own life. If you think that you can just run and run and run without recharging, well, you're in for a rude awakening. So there's nothing wrong with the physical rest, but uh, God's rest should help us recognize that we don't find it in stuff. We don't find it in vacations. We don't find it in getting to make an indent on the couch and, and watching sports. Like none of those are bad things, but by recognizing uh, that we can rest because he has made himself known to us, uh, it's it's finding time that lets us know him because he has all uh, done all the work for us. It's finding times that we can enjoy him. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that people get confused about Sabbath rest, mm-hmm. resting, is rest actually takes work to yeah. get to takes intentionality and sometimes it takes some hard work to get to to adjust schedules to prep meals if you're not going to cook that day to you know prep time like what what are you going to do to intentionally engage with Mm -hmm. god takes time before you get there but in the end that work is different than just our normal work because it will focus on how do i encounter god's presence yeah and and it can look Different ways for different yeah, people. Totally. If you are one who, like we were talking about today, my Tuesday is real full. I'm running from meetings to meetings. Uh, I got to wrap this up so I can yeah. make it in a meeting in 15 minutes, okay. uh, which which is not good. That's right. not good for me. But if you're someone like that, then uh, rest would probably look like not doing much. Uh, and that's why we do that on our weekends. But it's how can we still remember that we are enjoying the presence and unobstructed view of the presence of God while doing that? And we it's how we fill our week. It's how we fill the rest of our time in God's word, in prayer, in solitude, going to church. But for others who have activities that they find as rejuvenating, you mentioned having meals prepped in advance, like maybe cooking for someone is a real relaxing time. It's like, that's fantastic. Maybe, uh, I, I always go back to this phrase. Someone said, those who work with their minds rest with their hands. Mm-hmm. And part of the Chopping up trees was really restful for me because it's the physical activity of it that's resting. But as we're doing those things, whatever they are, short of sin, so you probably can't rest while committing crimes, uh, but as we are doing these activities, whatever they may be or whatever the absence of them may be, 
It is, are we continuing to remember that as we are resting, it is true rest. It's not just shutting down our minds. It's not shutting down our bodies, but we are getting to an enjoy, uh, it's an unobstructed enjoyment of God's presence. That is true rest. That's so good, Zach. Thanks for being with us this week. Thanks for letting me on. Hey, Calvary, we love you. We hope and pray that in this season you find some rest, some space to get away and meet with the Lord, space to reconnect with your loved ones and be thankful for what God has given in front of you. We're just praying for you all the time. We love you, Calvary. You need to reach out to us. You can go to calvarybible.com. You can go to the Church Center app. There's a button there actually for prayer requests even. So snap on that today. If we have a major prayer request, a small prayer request, we would love to know what's happening in your world here at Calvary because you're a part of us. You're a family, and we're so, we're so, so thankful for you. All right, Zach, let's wrap it up, huh? Let's do it. You got another meeting. Yep. See you, Calvary. See you all.